Hello and welcome to the Rogue Tours podcast. My name is Chad Durham. I'm Eric Wood. And we've got special guest today, Mr. Jordan Hatfield. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're pumped. And we are uh, going to talk a little bit about Ryan Johnson's Knives Out franchise, which currently has two movies in it, Knives Out and Glass Onion. And Ryan Johnson himself just in the last, like, couple weeks, couple like a week, was saying how he wished it didn't say Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. He just wanted it to be Glass Onion. But it is somewhat of a franchise, obviously, and you have the recurring character of Daniel Craig, who plays Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective. Um, we've had a little bit of a, of a hiatus here, so really appreciate those of you who are, who are listening. Part of the reason that we wanted to do this is because, of course, Glass Onion is on Netflix. A lot of people have Netflix. You can watch it for free. Um, my, my nine-year-old daughter has already jumped on and watched it again, even though she saw it in the theater. So one of the nice things about uh, Ryan Johnson's writing is they do, I do think it rewards you watching it again and kind of seeing some of the clues that he laid out. Sure. So we just want to dive in. Uh, first and foremost, we just want to kind of have a, a little uh, free-flowing free discussion. You're talking a little bit about Knives Out and Glass Onion and some of our personal reactions. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on Knives Out just to kind of make sure we, we include this idea of what these movies are supposed to be and kind of what Ryan Johnson set forth in the initial Knives Out that he then um, kind of played back or expanded. played a little bit differently and expanded in, in Glass Onion. So. What, what were your initial thoughts on, and this is to everybody, um, about this being a franchise? Like I, even the sequel element of it, like for me, Knives Out was a... Comes out there, original story, gets nominated for screenplay, yeah. and then I was in. I, I liked it. I thought the idea. But then conceptually, when it changes to, now it's a sequel, now it's a saga, and now it's a franchise, I think my expectations were a little lower. Like, okay. I wasn't, I had not marked my calendar to go see Glass <laughs> Onion, but I, I feel like I was rewarded for going to it. So I'm right. just curious what your initial thoughts well, were. I guess I would say the thing for me is that um uh Daniel Craig's character the the detective is interesting and cool and I think Daniel Craig does a great job. Mm -hmm. Um I don't necessarily think I I think that Ryan Johnson has done a good job of populating the movies with very interesting characters around him. And that's what I'm coming for if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um I'm I wouldn't care if it was like and now there's a new detective and I'm not I I don't think he's going to do that. I'm not saying that's something he should do. I'm just saying, like, I am not as enamored. I don't really care if Benoit Blanc comes back, but that's obviously the anchor here, mm -hmm. is we get to see him work. Daniel Craig gets to do his, his like, fried chicken accent. Um, he gets to team up with an interesting female character who kind of, like, helps him in his quest to figure out the murder mystery. Um, that was a roundabout way for me to say, um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily love that it is a franchise, but I was excited for the new one because okay. I thought the first one did such a good job of, of transcending. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but of transcending kind of the, the murder mystery genre. I have, I have some thoughts. I want to hear Jordan's initial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not one um, to get too excited about franchises. I think far too often the third and the fourth movie hurts the first movie. Matrix is a perfect example. Matrix was amazing, but it's not nearly as good having seen Matrix 3. And so um, franchises kind of scare me. I was excited for, 
for Glass Onion, and that's because I'm excited about movies, and and of course I'm going to go see it. The cast looked amazing, um, but I think time will tell ultimately if this is a a solid franchise with staying power, or if if it fades and we wish it never happened. Well, and this is interesting because we wish it never happened. I don't think that's going to happen um, because this this movie doesn't really have box office to like back up. It has like but social there was media a fight. buzz. But there's a fight over who got the rights to it. If I'm not correct, Netflix and Netflix wins out. Right, right, right. They won out. Well, I just mean, and then they put it in the theaters for a week. Uh huh. And that was what they wanted to do. And it did really well in its one week out. It's an interesting. And there was a lot of people talking about it. We went. My whole family went. During, I went. Yeah, I went too. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I wanted to see it in the theaters. On the big screen. And then Absolutely. I saw a lot of people on social media saying like, oh, it could have made so much money. It could have. Mm-hmm. And that's what's interesting is, because you mentioned like, will it be something that people keep coming Can back sustain, to? Can it sustain? Can it sustain? Uh, at this point, it doesn't matter. Like he's making the third. He he said very recently he started writing the third. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna happen. Will we ever really know? Like I don't know. You can't even compare the box office. Like the first Knives Out was fairly successful because its its budget wasn't huge and it made 165 million in the U S. Mm-hmm. Glass Onion only made 13 million because it was one week, mm-hmm. and now it's just on Netflix mm-hmm. for people to see. So what really says if it's successful or not? Mostly just. Our reactions? Word of mouth, right? Yeah. Reactions. So my initial thought, like, I was, I think I was generally lower on the first Knives Out than a lot of people. Uh-huh. And so we were going, it was, you know, movies were starting to come out and my family was going to the movie and I, I had one marked on my calendar. I'm not going to say which one it was because our top 10 is coming out. But <laughs> it was marked. I'm like, I want to go see this. And I have someone in my family who will go unnamed. It's like, well, can we go see this instead? And I'm like, and that was glass and onion. That was glass onion. Yeah. And I'm like, like that one you can say. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, 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 I'm I'm going to what I'm going to. Like you can go, you can go see whatever you want. Don't you tell Eric so, what he's going to see. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. That's that's the hard thing for me is, but I th- I think some of the things we're going to talk about you know help expand the thoughts on that. But yeah, and I think at this point we could say, and I think most people would agree that both the first two are very successful. But what does successful mean for Glass Onion? Word of mouth, mm-hmm. celebrated performances, screenplay, possible in the future Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the stuff that means successful. It's the number one watched movie on Netflix. But I mean, way streaming, what, I don't really know what that means. I don't think anyone does. I think we're still trying to figure that out, right? Even still, we're still trying stuff. to figure out. And it's so new too, like to put in a, a movie in theaters for a week. And then throw it right onto you know streaming, and, yeah. or take it away, and then put it on. Streaming. So it's it's like, my it's understanding that Rand Johnson demanded that the one to week. have a, the, the one week. I heard. Well, I, I don't he know. Said he wanted more. I don't know that he. I don't know that he stipulated one week, but he wanted it in, in the theaters, the theater. and Netflix agreed, and then but they, they put it take, up for. They wouldn't take knives out of the. Uh, yeah, title. they put it up for for one week. Yeah, um, I think he would have liked more. I think he. Said, I think everybody would have liked more. I saw an more. interview where he said, yeah. "Like I, I, I hope. I wish we could have it there for more. I wish mm-hmm. you know." I don't think it would have gone to theaters at all hadn't it been for, for Johnson, though. I yeah. think that was a demand. That I, I well, I'm glad. Demand. Like I had a lot of fun I was glad in the it was theater. Yeah. yeah, I, I do think um, it's the type of movie, and I think we touched a little bit on this, that it plays well to a crowd. I mean, yeah. it plays well to the theater experience, to Absolutely. multiple people coming together and enjoying something simultaneously versus just kind of kicking back and watching uh-huh. parts of it or yeah. at, at yeah. your own pace at home. And, and part of it depends, too, on what your theater experience, theater's the wrong word, obviously, what your movie experience is at home. Mm-hmm. Like, when we watched it uh, the, just yesterday, uh, when we're recording, 
uh, with my daughter, like we were talking, but not ta- talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. Like remembering like, oh, did you see that this time? You know, mm-hmm. or it, my mm-hmm. daughter would be like, oh, I noticed this. She was talking about her, that line where she's like, it's so dumb, it's brilliant. He's like, it's just dumb. <laughs> and Avery's like, dad, I love that line. I'm like, you are smarter than <laughs> your average nine-year-old because that's a lot of what he's doing there. But um, like, I think people like you guys and many of you listening, like you're going to have a similar experience there where you're going to lock in and you're going to be still not the same as having people you don't know laughing at the same things mm-hmm. and people you don't know afterwards having the beaming on their faces and the those types of things where you, you have that shared like random, 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 we're all feeling those same things. Yeah. Still right. not the same, right? And we know that. That's, a, that's an existential movie question. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of these, right? We'll get to... Uh, even which one you think is better, but I want to talk about the performances. What are some of the performances you guys have liked in both? And feel free to shoot off why you know why you think or how that expands. We'll try not to get too spoilery. If we hit anything that's spoilery, spoilery, we'll try to give you a little caveat, like pause here or skip forward a couple minutes or something uh-huh. if we if we get into any of that. But Daniel Craig, I think, is pretty good. But what have you guys seen as the standout performances, his or others? You talking first? Both. both Let's all? start with the first and then move to the second. Okay. Do it. Who do you have for the first? Um, Daniel Craig was great in the first. Yeah. Um, his accent, I think, threw everyone at first. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But he, but he he was great there. Anna de Armas was amazing. I yeah. I felt like oh, she, yeah. she she really was the standout. Yeah, she for me. was. I would agree. She was a standout for me in the first one as well. Um, you know, I love Tony Collette. Um, she's been around a long, long time, but she's really hit the scene recently and. Um, I, I, although her performance is smaller than, um, Anna de Armas for sure. Um, I just think she's an incredible actor and I think she jumped off the screen as well. But that whole first cast. I thought that ensemble was. Was uh, absolutely amazing. And it wasn't just the actors. It was also, um, their ties to each other, right? Their backstories and, and, and the way that, that they came together on screen was absolutely Amazing, and that was one of my favorite things about Knives Out. Um, by the way, I wasn't huge on Knives Out. Uh, it, it caught me by surprise. I liked it more than I thought. I thought it was definitely better than average, um, but it wasn't a movie that that I would rave about in any way. But the cast was incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really grown on me. Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like it was. My wife works at a library, and they had the DVD. I don't buy a lot of physical media anymore, even though I love it, just because of streaming. I wish I was buying more, but I don't. She got it cheap at the library. It was like three bucks because they do that after a while. And uh, we got it and watched it again. And that had been, it had been a couple years, right? Because it's just like last year that we... And I'm like, oh man, this is better than I remember. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to give a little shout out just because I think sometimes it gets lost because of the movies he's normally in. I thought Chris Evans was really good. Um, and I think it's a really sly performance from him and it's written really well. What he does how it unfolds, how he plays it, how it plays off of his image. I, I was a big fan, and I think you hit on it. It was like in your voice, Jordan, a little bit, and I don't want to get too much into which movie was better and stuff. We will get there, but I, I do think, and I love the actors and actors in number two. Like they're, I love Leslie Odom Jr. I think Catherine Hahn is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, Janelle Monet was absolutely fantastic, but as an ensemble who worked to get, I give it the first one, I think had a more, for me, had a more standout 
Because Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, definitely Tony Collette. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was really good in that as well. Yeah, she was. Um, and Daniel Craig when we first got it, kind of. And you had um, even um, Don Johnson. Yeah, what's Michael the, Shannon? The guy, the other, the other cop. Oh, um, Stanfield, Lakeith yep. Stanfield, who's go. barely in it, but like hits these really funny moments to play off of with Benoit Blanc. Michael Shannon, um, let's give a little shout yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael yeah, Shannon was great. great. He's, He's always great. great. Yeah, he is. And so, like you, I, I feel like that one. Um, the, the reality was sold more for me in the first one because of how uniformly great they were. I also think just the element of like, this is fresh, this is new, this yeah. is a new take on it. Like, it's hard to separate that. And I think I credit a lot of that to the writing and how it was put together. Like, yeah. that's just Ryan Johnson's idea, Ryan Johnson, putting baby. it down. And then Stop hating on The Last Jedi. Stop hating on The Last Jedi, all of you. <laughs> Especially you, but, sus- Just but sustaining it. Like I think that's the thing that I'm interested to see, and I I will be a little probably more excited for the third installment just because I was fairly low right. on this this glass onion, yeah. And his writing drew me in, right? Like his storytelling drew me in, yeah. and I think that is a really cool thing to watch. Uh, you know, a director, a filmmaker, do that. I shout out to Chris Evans and his sweater because it makes me want to wear yeah. a sweater. Yeah, he was great. Um, and in the second one, I, uh, for me, Janelle Monet was the standout. And she gets more to do. Mm-hmm. She, if you haven't seen it, uh, sh- there's some circumstances that make it so she has to do kind of some different things, like play scenes differently uh, in two different ways. Now, I do think that Daniel Craig sustains what is going on. I think he, because of the way Ryan Johnson is able to execute him in this mystery storytelling... His execution is key. Yeah, yeah. His, his the detectivery, his the uh, bond, you know, reconfigured, sure. seeing him in that kind of a role. Yeah, I think yeah. really elevates the film and uh-huh. the credibility to it. Sure. Uh, but Janelle Monae was big. Well, my, my thing with Daniel Craig is, I think he's great. Like, I, I, and I think he's great in everything. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like... Hard to argue against that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't necessarily feel like in either of these movies, as much as I love his character and find him interesting... That I am compelled by his character. I'm always compelled by the story around him. I agree. And he's holding it together because mm-hmm. he's talking us through it. Mm-hmm. But it's not even his inner, even his interplay with the two main leads, Anna de Armas and and Janelle Monet, is more about what's happening with them and him just kind of being there. And the sleight like, of hand stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah. You know? yeah. I I do think. I think he's hard to insert someone else in though. Like I think I think Valid. it's very difficult. Like. I, as much as I want to see Chris Evans, and I, I love Michael Shannon, and yeah. I want to see, I think, as you guys said, Anna is great. I don't think it sustains the story as well as that subtle, like, this character is telling you, and you're, he's the eyes, he's the lens, sure. and all these other things are happening, and he's allowing all those other people to be. But is that the writing, or is that Daniel Craig? I don't know. See, I think you're both wrong. I think in Glass Onion, I, I think I think in Glass Onion, I think Hugh Grant carries the film. <laughs> Hugh Grant was great the, cameo, though. Yeah. Great cameo. No, I no, I do think you're right, Eric. And um, you know, in the first movie, again, there were other actors that carried the film. In Glass Onion, it felt like Daniel Craig was carrying the film. You both say that uh, Janelle Monae was fantastic, and she absolutely was. I don't want to take anything anything away from her. Um, but Daniel Craig was the foundation of Glass Onion, where he was not in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. He was like a support, almost mm-hmm. a supporting actor in some ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that take. Mm-hmm. I have one question about that. Uh, does the accent, if he was playing it with a more 
What's a, a, a less um, outlandish accent? Less provoked. Would that less. change? Would that change it? Would they? Is that? Does that ever pull you out? I don't think it does for Accents me, and especially usually... in this one. Because I'd already seen it when he first started talking. You mentioned this earlier, Jordan. Yeah. When he first started talking in the first one, I was like, oh, that's cartoonish. In the first one, you yeah. definitely notice the inflection. And, and I don't eyes. notice it much now when I watch it because yeah. it's been a lot. Do you think that adds anything to – because it's not like he ever plays that where they don't trust him. They know he's Benoit Blanc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They trust him for – oh, you're the world's greatest detective. No one is like, oh, that accent, he's probably not that smart. Unless that's subtext we're supposed to. Well, keep in mind, he's coming off the Bond franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you see him on screen uh, in Knives Out, you see James Bond. And okay. so you're not expecting the weird accent. So mm-hmm. it caught everyone off guard at first. But uh, I think it fits his character really well. Um, you know, I think he does that that accent far better than he does the dancing in the new ad that just came out with that. Have you seen that? It is terrible. Um, no, I, I think his, he's again, he's kind of settled in the character as we've gotten to know the character. I think that accent fits well. Nice. Because I don't mind it, but I do find myself wondering like, Oh, would I, would there be what I, would I like to see even more if that, cause I'm like, it's, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is kind of funny. I don't and, notice the accents. As much, like it, it just doesn't stand out to me. Like I, that when he first comes on, the first time you see yeah, it, yeah, I completely yeah. notice it. But well, and you mentioned the James Bond yeah. thing. Like maybe his whole thing was like, no, I want you to see this as a totally different person, and mm-hmm. this will help you just woo. And, and if he was speaking like he did in the James Bond franchise, he wouldn't be a different person. Right. He would be mm-hmm. James Bond acting yeah. as detective to, as, to some degree. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very interesting conversation, and, and we'll never know exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, for But sure. I've settled into the point, accent personally. Yeah. At this point, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, so do these movies, is it, a, is it a plus or a minus that it has these murder mystery kind of tropes that it has to follow? Does that make sense? And I think we can talk a little bit about how he subverts those, sure. But the detective comes in. A lot of people have motive. We're trying to figure out. Ryan Johnson does a good job of misdirecting while still laying hints, while still staying true. Is it, a, is it ultimately, does it help that we have these tropes that are following along, that we kind of have an organization within the murder mystery? And do these movies both transcend that ultimately anyway? Thoughts? You want to start? Or you, want me? Um, you know, I felt like the first movie, uh, the writing was so good in the first movie, um, when it come to the it comes to the murder mystery aspect of the film mm-hmm. and the way that you you weren't sure who, you know who was guilty and you were constantly trying to guess. I, I felt the first film did that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a perfect movie, but I think that aspect was done just very well, uh, and that's largely why it's got such you know such positive feedback from yeah. from both audiences and critics alike. Um, Forgive the pun, but Glass Onion was a lot less sharp <laughs> in its writing. And, uh, I celebrate I, the pun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't feel that it was nearly as strong. I felt like there were some, some plot holes in the writing. Um, you weren't – me personally, you know, I think I, – Eric, we saw it together. Mm-hmm. And I think I leaned over to you very early on the film and I said exactly who did it. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. the writing – was worse there, and I think it hurt the film, and I think it mm-hmm. it fell victim to some of these tropes um, yeah. in a more negative way. Okay, nice. it's kind of a. I feel like it's kind of a dual edge. Like, it really hurts it in some elements because you know I'm going to be guessing. I'm looking for clues. I'm 
dissecting as I'm sure. watching. But at the same time, it also, there's something refreshing about seeing a take on a old school trope. Because I don't think anyone's done it as well uh, contemporarily. Like, I think that um, your, your audience are going to be excited about what you're seeing. You're going to go see a popcorn flick with your family. Like, I just think it's playing at the right time. It's almost like um, the you just want to feel good, good time. Like, you want to see these these characters experience something, you know, that you generally know where you're going with this. But I, I think it helps and it hurts. I think the writing, again, Knives Out was more crisp. I felt like the writing was clean. It was like, I don't know how long he worked on Knives Out, but I don't think he had that kind of time for Glass Onion. And I think in Glass Onion, he leaned into some of the things that he did well in Knives Out, but maybe he didn't clean up the writing or the story as as well. Because I think he was, when you franchise in, you're then tied to deadlines and when it's coming out and how those things are going. Yeah. So I think that has an effect on it. But I do think that the way, like some of the things that I liked with the Glass Onion was how he he manipulated those things and how he told the story and he used dialogue and it was very fresh and it was very engaging and it was very punny and there was just a lot of entertaining excitement and energy, which I feel like he wasn't able to do as much in the first Knives Out because he had kind of established now in the second one that he's, this is what I do, this is what I do well, I'm gonna write, you know, I don't know. I thought that was some of the... Yeah, well, I mean, you guys really touched on the thing for me that separates the two. And I've seen a lot of stuff on, on social media, mm -hmm. just Twitter, because that's the one I use. People who have said, and even my kids, like, oh, I think we like Glass Onion better. And, and that's fine. Like, I'm not. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think the first, you guys both, you use Sharp, you use Crisp. I think that the, the first one is just really incisive. And I thought that the writing in that is the other thing that I want to talk about, like was better at um, also taking target at some, uh, you know, taking aim, excuse me, at some of the, the rich people thing. Like that one talks about, like it looks at rich people, it looks at the way people look down on immigrants, mm -hmm. it, it looks at, uh, so like racism and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in, I thought some pretty sharp ways in Knives Out, the original, where I thought like, oh man, this is like, doing some things outside of this murder mystery that I think are hitting. Like I'm feeling them and I think he's saying them really well. Glass Onion was broader, a lot broader, mm -hmm. a lot more. I, slapstick is wrong, but some things were kind of slapstickian, which again, right. totally fine. Mm -hmm. But the vibe was more like, I'm still doing it, I'm still taking aim and I'm still cutting some people down a peg. But I'm leaning into this. Yeah, I'm leaning into the broadness I'm leaning, and those lines, those couple lines, that the one I mentioned earlier, it's just dumb, and the one, it's dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. the, those two lines people have grabbed onto, and I think they're both great lines, mm -hmm. but they're also really spelled out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I'm going to spell out for it, and I think they're great lines. They make me laugh, and I think they're, they're spot on, and they're going to be memeable for years. And people were like, oh, he's talking about Elon Musk and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that one still, this one still felt, and I loved it and I had such fun with it, but it still felt a, a little bit of a step down, like mm -hmm. a, an echo of what had been done before, still with great performances, mm -hmm. still with a cool mystery, but everything was less incisive, less sharp, less crisp. Were the, bro were the broad strokes 
because he was like, what do you speculate the broadness was? Was it a time crunch? Was it he didn't know where he was going as Did well? Did you want to jump in your... on that or? Uh, it, it, uh, plot holes mainly. Um, you know, I just thought there was some bad writing in Glass Onion. Overall, I liked Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. I liked it less than Knives Out, obviously. Same with me. Um, I, don't, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. Yeah. Um, but I'll throw the biggest ones at you, I guess. Okay, so a little, uh, there might be some spoilers here if you have not seen Glass Onion. Yeah. And you want to pause and skip forward a few minutes and kind of be like, are they still talking about? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, or you can pause right now, go watch Glass Onion and jump back in at around 24 minutes. Yeah, so you talk about trope and, and you know, there's the scene where Janelle Monet she gets shot and it hits the journal and it saves yes. her life. That was terrible. I thought that was cheap. I thought that was um, been done so many times in so many ways, and I felt like that was above, or excuse me, that that was below, below Johnson. Does. Yeah, and I and and I remember when that scene happened. I remember just shaking my head, saying, um, "Man, we should have. He should have figured a better way um, to get through that." Um, as far as plot holes in the film, you know, um, so uh, Janelle Monae plays two different characters in the film, mm-hmm. and. Um, they're sisters, and the first sister dies. And we, we don't see that happening. And forgive me, I've, I've forgotten her name. It's Helen and Andy. Okay, so Helen. Thank you. Helen is who I'm forgetting of. I just um, watched it yesterday. So, <laughs> so Helen, Helen passes away, and then Andy... Um, Reverse that. Andy is yep, when he yeah, dies. Yeah. Excuse me. Andy, yeah. Andy passes away, uh-huh. and, then, and then Helen is there the is. sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she comes back, into, and she plays a very, very important part of the movie, Helen does. And... Um, I'm asking myself throughout the, you know, when the movie's over, I'm asking myself, how did she know her sister was dead before everybody else? Number one. Number two, why did Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun, send Andy an um, invitation at an all? An invitation at all. And, and there's, there's, oh, maybe he, maybe he sent an invitation as a cover up. Sure. Um, maybe he sent an invitation before he needed the cover up. Sure. Um, those but, are the two things I thought of. Yeah, but but mine was deeper than that. Mine was, okay, so how did Helen know that Andy was dead before anyone else? And how did she know so much information? Like, for example, she talked about how there were drugs in her system. That's autopsy stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and Daniel Craig's character says, you know, I can keep this out of the news. Um, there's a long process sure. before that information comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that was... That was that was poor writing. Um, there's other scenes as well, but to kind of answer your question, the dual the dual role. I mean the the twin the twin trope. You know, yeah. like to me that one was the one I was. Uh-huh. It just didn't. I don't, are you in a time crunch? Or is that yeah. is that just the storytelling? Like it doesn't seem like if you had. I don't know. Well, and, and Ryan Johnson is amazing. I'm not. Yeah. Well, I'm not we've talked about not, Ryan Johnson before on this. I have this. I'm fond of saying the word theory when it just means a thing I think is cool, right? <laughs> um, we were talking about the second viewing theory earlier, and I'm like, I like to trump it up by saying theory at the mm-hmm. end. But I have this like uh, perspective of Ryan Johnson where I think that he takes a genre and he tweaks it in a really interesting way. And, and he, he did, did in the first one. And he, he did, did it with he did it with like the the time travel movie with Looper. I'm not going in order, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he did it with the film noir with Brick. Mm-hmm. And he did it with the Con Man movie to I think pretty masterful effect with Brothers Bloom. He did it, in my opinion, with the Star Wars movie where he tweaked what you would normally expect from that. And I think that he does it exceptionally well. And this is the first time he's ever had to return to a genre. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that glass onion is fun, and I think it takes aim at things, and I think that those targets get hit. But I just think like it, it, it sticks more in the this was really fun and enjoyable realm, where for me, Knives Out transcends a little bit. I would agree. I would I, agree, absolutely. I think that's spot on. And coming back to the franchise question, mm-hmm. n- Glass Onion slipped, in my opinion. How's the third one going to fall? I know. Fall? I, I wonder that's, about it. That's, and I'm excited for it. When it comes out, I will see it on opening and, weekend. And, and I will see it in theaters. Yeah. But, but that's, a, that's a fear. For me, it definitely slipped, but it was higher. It didn't slip as much as I think I thought it would. Right. I think, I think I, that's valid. I think, that the, I think there were a couple things that I liked in his writing still that he sustained. Like just the wit, the sharpness. Yeah. As far as like interacting. You're having a lot of big characters interacting. I felt like it was still... Uh, it was not the crisp writing, like storytelling, overall plot and structure and what happens and the whodunit nature of it. But I did think that the interactions between characters and the dialogue was fun and what you yeah, wanted. Yeah, it's very from, fun. Yeah. Glass Onion. I, I thought, I I thought some of the weird. little shots, some of the little yeah, quotes yeah, yeah. are great. Even the quotes I talked little, about, like they're yeah. hilarious. They're great. And they're really funny. And, and I don't want to say it's more fun than Knives Out because no. I think Knives yeah. Out is really fun. I think but what I mean is disturbing. sometimes when we say something's more fun, we do mean it uh, critic, critically. Yeah. We use that as like a, a crutch yeah. to say that something was a little broader and had, had some more oh. problems and stuff. It's entertaining as heck. Oh, yeah. yeah I had such fun watching It drew watching me Glass in Onion. more than I anticipated. And I think that's why I do look at the third one like, okay, you're going to do this. Where we're going to go, Ryan? Let's all, I'll take, take me there, Ryan. And I Let's mentioned see. second viewing theory. When I saw Knives Out the second time and the third time, I was like, oh, this is better than I thought. Mm-hmm. When I saw Glass Onion yesterday for the second time, like, this is what I thought it was, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. So you've got a leg up. on the same level. Yeah, you've got a leg up on me there because I haven't seen it twice and I want to. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in seeing This is a movie that needs to be seen twice mm-hmm. because there's so much that comes into focus in the end. Um, I'm excited to go back and, and, and see these things develop in a way that I didn't the first seeing, time. Seeing how it's presented even that because initial, the initial time you're trying to catch everything as yeah. we've gone in. You're trying to figure it out. You're acting as a detective, yeah. And it was a fun movie. It yeah, was a fun, fun movie. I was um, very entertained. It, I, and I think the cast is uniformly entertaining but I don't think the performances are quite on the same level across the board like we talked yeah. about earlier. In the first movie, the performances seem to be serving the characters. And in this movie, the performances are serving the broadness. Yes. Well they're, said. They're well funny said. and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's draw attention to this humorous line. Yep. Let's draw – like at the end – I don't want to get into too much spoilery territory here. If you're back, I won't ruin anything. But there's a part where everyone raises their hands at the end. I don't know if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. And, and say, like, I saw this, I saw that, I yeah, saw right. this. And it, it plays a little hokey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then the very, very, very end of the movie, um, that both movies have, like, the final shot where they're trying to be like, yes. Except in Knives Out, I can still recall the way he pulls it back and then goes up in the mug that she's holding in Knives Out. I'm like, oh, that's such yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Glass Onion, it feels more like, well, this is the end. This is what we do. We, we just have to... Well, it's not even the same. It's just like the two of them, two of the characters standing there in like some police boats come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just over. Where the other one was giving you that thematic stuff right. really well up to the very last shot. I would agree. And I think the script and the performances let you know in the first one, like... Yeah, this is a murder mystery and there are tropes and things like that, but we're doing something else. And number two is like, this is a murder mystery and there are tropes and that's what we're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree. I, I think both movies are definitely worth seeing. Yes. Um, both were great. Knives Out, 
was the better movie in, yeah. in my opinion, in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, and um, that's why I was really surprised. I mean, my family's great. And I was like, oh, and I don't know if it was like they got older. I don't know if it was just they liked the broadness because mm-hmm. it was like maybe even easier to follow on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I liked, even though, even though I think the plot holes you mentioned are valid, I liked the structure of suddenly flashing back and then bringing us all the way up. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Because I was like, uh, they've got to be close to the end here. We're yeah. all, we've only been in this movie for like 45 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. And then they like did the thing. I'm like, oh, fun. I, like that was fun to me. Mm-hmm. But even though it introduced some of those. But consoles. I do think also the general audience, like people who are going to see movies who aren't breaking down scene by scene. And sometimes... They want to go see just a fun flick. Yeah. Right? And so I think, to me, that's... Maybe that's where I don't it, know what the commercial success of these movies... Well, as far as critical, Knives Out, Rotten Tomatoes, 97, Glass Onion, 94. Mm-hmm. Metacritic, so like as far as how much they like it, 82 for Knives Out, 81 for Glass Onion. So and they're what, pretty close. And the money you can't tell because it wasn't... You can't tell, so. yeah. You yeah. really can't tell. And Knives Out, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it is streaming in a lot of places, but it, for rent. So like three bucks, uh, four bucks, two bucks on various platforms if you want to see it. And, and Glass Onion, as we mentioned, is on Netflix if you have Netflix. And I do think Knives Out felt a little more serious. The, yes. The that's, murder I think that's was more serious. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That broadness, yeah. even though I was, I was hinting at it 100%. Yeah. And so the may, second one seems like it's supposed to be kind of funny and, and heightened. It's, yes. it's lighter. Knives Out is played 100% straight. Yeah, it's lighter. It's more bubbly. Yeah. It's, it's more fun. It's not as and serious. And maybe more accessible is what I would say because of that. Because, because it's lighter of the general nature of, like, I'm not going to go watch a movie where I have to solve something and think. I'm going to go get entertained by this group of characters that are just... More accessible, awful. maybe, but keep in mind, everyone does prefer... Well, not everyone, but as far as critics, like, generally speaking, mm-hmm. Knives Out is the, is the more preferred movie, yeah, yeah. generally mm-hmm. Slightly, but yes. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man, just right now, while we're talking, we're talking about serious, we're talking about the whole, you saw the right thing to medicine in number one. Because uh-huh. you're a good nurse. Yeah, that yeah. stuff plays, man. Yeah. That is such good writing in the yeah. first one. Yeah, I'm was. remembering it yeah. right now. Like, yeah. oh, I love that part. Yeah. It's like why it happened is because, mm-hmm. oh, that's such good why, stuff. Why, how? And then everybody that's in it is just on the same wavelength. They're yeah. not like, it's just seamless. Oh, man. I'm, I, I am really glad to hear that you guys mm-hmm. preferred that one just because I've heard a lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of people who haven't. Necessarily mm-hmm. thought that, and I think your guys' breakdown of why is we're gonna keep you brilliant. grounded. We'll keep you grounded. Here. I love That's it. What we do I think you're no, but I think your your guys' analysis of why is brilliant because I've been sitting here going like stewing over it a little bit. <laughs> well, maybe like, you guys, it's over. knives out. May- and maybe I'm like, oh, okay, I like your empathetic way that you guys are. Maybe after your family listens to this podcast, they'll agree. <laughs> they don't. They don't listen. <laughs> they don't listen. Love you guys though. If you are listening, um, let's uh, really quick. I'm gonna flip the order on these two. Uh, anything else from the third? Because we've, we've touched on it. We've kind of danced around the edges. Mm-hmm. And I would say the biggest thing for me is if – I think Ryan Johnson, the writer, has to find a way. Because I think as a director, he's still doing some, some good stuff. Um, I, he has to find a way for it to be – to feel different it, than either of the first two. Uh, and and I, do, I do think continuing to find good actors and actresses – it seems like a lot of people want to be in them because I think even though Knives Out's more serious, I think it's it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting. What to are to do you guys have any specifics that you of the of Third Knives Out? Yeah, I'm very interested in the title and to hear what song it's named <laughs> after. Song. So for those of you that don't know, Knives Out is actually a, a deep cut of a Tom York song, I believe, and Glass Onion is off the Beatles' White Album, which plays right when the credits roll. 
Yeah. 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 So that's that's the only thing that I'm really <laughs> waiting for for the third one. Okay. I, I would be intrigued to see if he ever brings anyone else back. Like if he now that he's getting okay. into his franchise mode. Maybe even partway through the movie you have yeah, one do of you those. Get, do you get Chris Pine's character? Chris you Evans. Get, or I Chris got Evans, you though. excuse yeah. me. No, no. Um Anna or, Chris Evans, sorry. Sorry that we misnamed you, buddy. Yeah, we apologize. <laughs> Here at Rogator's, we were saying. <laughs> You've heard us before. You know. We own our mistakes. Hugh Grant um, could be back. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. <laughs> I, 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 like, Hugh Grant, I think if, buddy. <laughs> if you were to bet on someone other than Daniel Craig coming back, I would bet that Hugh, Hugh. Grant has the highest odds. Yes, it absolutely. It makes the most sense. Yeah. Someone else said it would be fun to have Hugh Grant be a part of whatever the mystery is. Uh-huh. So then you get some more character stuff with Benoit. Which I, I thought that was kind of cool. That, that, there was just that a random Twitter person yeah. who was just like, oh, if Hugh Grant was involved this time, and then you see more of like that dynamic, and maybe then he's more personally attached to whatever's going on. Hmm. Not that he should die, but, yeah. but that's one way, too. It could be someone really close to Daniel Craig's character. Yeah. Well, I'm, then that I'm just excited to see how it goes. Yeah. I hope we can keep it fresh. That's, that's my biggest 2024, thing. correct? I don't actually know. I think it's 2024, but we'll That'd see. Cool. That's not too far out, though. Yeah. That's not too far out. Hopefully he doesn't rush the writing. Do you guys see any Oscar nominations? So the first one we mentioned was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. I actually can't remember the rules on if this counts as adapted. I think it's still original. I think it's adapted. Is it? Because the character the already characters. exists? Because um, we, obviously, in this room, don't feel like the script is quite as strong. Do you guys feel like they'll still give Ryan Johnson, who has been nominated, I think even other times for Best Original Screenplay? Um, if I'm wrong, I should probably look that up. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think, do you think it will get that one as, as a sign of people loving it? Do you think there's any other chance for like a Best Picture, Best probably not Best Director, probably not Best Picture, but do you guys see any? Ten, ten, uh, ten movies? No best, no best Picture? No, I mean for, for this. Yeah, I'm saying there's ten, usually ten nominations. Oh, 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 sorry. Will it, will it uh, make it in? I, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know. I, I think you got your, your blockbuster movies, you know, like Avatar, um, Maverick, Knives uh-huh. Out. Which one do they all get in? And I was wrong. He is only, the only Oscar he's been nominated for is writing Knives Out. My bad. Okay. So I, I don't think it will be nominated, and I don't think it deserves to be nominated. One thing that it has going against it is it is a Netflix movie. Yeah. And the Academy, not that they won't nominate a Netflix movie. Because they have. Movie. They have. Yeah, yeah, they have, and they will. Um, but I think it's got to be an exceptional movie from Netflix before sure. it's in the conversation. I think they tend to prefer... Um, theatrical movies as opposed to streaming yeah. movies. So I think yeah. it, I, I think that's bias, against it. Yeah. Bias, but, yeah, but valid bias that we a lot of us have. I think. Yeah, I, I don't see I don't see any Oscar nominations. But um, to be completely honest, I don't have a list in front of me of what movies it's competing against. Right. And so it's possible it could make it. I don't see it winning. Oh no! And I, the original didn't win. Yeah. Uh, and it, the original was only also nominated for screenplay and nothing else. Yeah. What was the original up against? Is is for, I do think that field like what is in your adapted? What was in uh, the original? Let me see. I will tell you. <laughs> Just let me check my computer brain, which is my computer. Um, this these are the movies that was nominated against in best original screenplay. 
1917 Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, come and, on, yeah. And Parasite. Yeah, there's and no was, way. This was original, too. Uh -huh. Now you're going into adapted. That is, that is stiff competition. Uh -huh. There is no way. Know, what was adapted that you I would say for me, and I know you would probably disagree, and maybe you would disagree, too. Mm -hmm. I, I would still have a third because I love the screenplay more now. At the time, I probably wouldn't have had a third mm -hmm. behind Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But I'd have it above 1917 in Marriage Story. Sorry. Parasite wins, um, right? Parasite won, yeah. Yeah. That's because Parasite rules, as we all know, here sure. at Robo Tours. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, we only threw that question on just because the first one did get that nomination. I think, I don't want to say it was a surprise, but the movie was seen as a fun kind of riff on the murder mystery, and for it to get that kind of prestige. I think it's, a I think it's awesome. such a tough genre, and I think um, Johnson just surpassed all expectations in the first one, and I think yeah. the second one fell right in line with expectations of the genre. Yeah. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And if you... Uh, you want in or out? You said out? You said... Wait, I'm... Oh, we'll uh, get I, Screenplay I think I'm less... Uh, uh, what's Decisive. the word? That it's not going to be in? Like, and that, I, I worded that really terrible for an English teacher. That's right. I, I think there's a lot more of a chance that it's almost like, this sounds terrible, but almost like a legacy type of thing. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, we had fun with that. He did a good or job again. Or do you reward he's him this year? He's definitely not going to win yeah. I, if it gets nominated. But I'm not, I'm not as strong and it won't get nominated. I Does definitely he get in for the strength of Knives Out? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a legacy yeah. nomination yeah. of yeah. like, hey, you did it again. We had a ton of fun the with Academy it again. Yeah. We're going to give you that nomination. You're definitely not going to win. It's going to be one of these yeah. other four. Yeah, but yeah. way to go again for uh, entertaining us all. I'm kind of leaning towards in. Yeah. To clarify, I am committed to the fact it won't win. Whether it okay. gets yeah. whether it okay. gets in or yeah. doesn't get in, I think is based oh, more yeah. on the competition. No, no, it's not gonna win. I'm just I'm just quite confident that it won't win. No, no, and I don't think it deserves not. it. Yeah. Okay. No. But it might get in. Okay. And but there's a lot of good stuff, so you know. You know. Okay. Let us know what you think. You know, if you are listening to this, then you probably know one of us or uh, you know our Twitter handles or whatever. So tell us what you thought. Uh, if you like Glass Onion better. And you listen to this tweet at us, at Tours at cdurham99, at woode. That one's harder to find, but if you know Eric, you can find it. Um, but let us know, especially if you want to defend Glass Onion as being superior. Um, we will listen and disagree, but, you know, we like to hear other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts? Anything we haven't hit on that you gentlemen want to bring up about Ryan Johnson or Knives Out or Glass Onion? Um, I think we've covered most of my knives out. I think the Janelle Monet, um, just a good time flick. I I just advise people to go check it out. Yeah. Despite you know what we may or may not have liked with it, I think it's I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, she uh, has been quietly doing some pretty strong work as somebody who's not necessarily like she was in Moonlight. She was in um, Hidden Hidden Figures. She was great in Hidden Figures. Yeah, and I I was gonna say she was great in Moonlight. And I thought she was very good in this. Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the character, some of the things may not have been written well. I thought she did a really good job, especially when you get to some of those surprises and stuff. Like, oh, that mm -hmm. was played well earlier, and you can kind of see some of that. So I'm, uh, that's a big thing I took away from this, is I hope to get to see her in more stuff. Yeah. And I thought Edward Norton did a good job of kind of skewering. Although he does play like a... Some, there's some similar characteristics to his Italian job villain. Like sure. copying other people's stuff and, mm -hmm. and not being original. And anyway... Um, but yeah, that's what I kind of take away is I hope we get to see Jan Janelle Monae and more stuff. Anything yeah. else? 
Uh, it's good to see Kate Hudson back in a movie. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought she played her part really well. I haven't seen her in a long time. Yeah, and within her wheelhouse, that, that's, I guess that's a backhanded compliment for me. I, Almost Famous is still my favorite thing that she's ever done. Mm-hmm. But she had been relegated to a certain type of movie. Yeah. And I think they did a good job of letting her shine in some of the things she does well um, and, and have some fun with kind of the vacuous nature of, of that character. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, uh, hopefully soon after you listen to this one in a week or two, maybe maybe three, uh, we'll have uh, an episode uh, about Babylon, Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Um, where we'll, we're, we'll share a little bit of what we think Damien Chazelle, we're big fans, uh, with La La Land and Whiplash on, on the podcast. If you uh, haven't listened to our old one about La La Land and Whiplash, that's a good one to go back and listen to to prepare to, to hear about Babylon. And hopefully at the end of the month, the end of January, Uh, We'll give you our top 10 of the year, our favorites. That's our favorite episode of the year. So uh, thank you so much for listening. If I knew Glass Onion, I'd start singing it right now. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks.